everybody, this is Josh McKinney, and I just want to welcome you to the newest episode of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. So we are on part two of our Jiu-Jitsu is series. Generally, there's background music, and generally there are commercials, and generally there are other things that are edited in to the podcast post-production, but uh, this series we just have going as a... Uh, a little peek into the craziness of Josh McKinney's mind where there is no background music playing and uh, there are no commercial breaks. It's just always crazy all the time. And so uh, in all honesty, as some of you guys know, the reason that I am doing this series is because uh, my wife and I have a baby on the way and this is kind of uh, this series that's going to click on when uh, paternity leave starts. And at first I didn't have any type of commercial that I was going to have uh, nothing on nothing for a commercial break during these episodes, but uh, I do, and I'll make sure to mention that to you at some point in this episode. Who knows? Uh, and uh, it is a really, it is a. I'll tell you guys what it is. It is the the new I suck at jujitsu show gear. We have rash guard shorts and a gi available at imposedwill.com. It's only going to be from October 9th through the 31st. I'll tell you more about it uh, later on in this episode, but I really am excited about today's episode. We've done an episode before. It was something called, it was called uh, Jiu-Jitsu is Fake, Pro Wrestling is Real. And as a lot of you guys know, I am a pro wrestling fan. I think a lot of people that do jujitsu, as much as they don't want to admit it, uh, they at least at one point or another were a pro wrestling fan. And uh, I think that as you grow up, a lot of times when you're a pro wrestling fan, it's you're a kid uh, and you just get enamored with the storyline. You get enamored with all of the cool parts that are pro wrestling, all of the storylines, all of the, as my mom would call it when I was a kid, the soap opera that goes along with pro wrestling. But then you get to see these big, strong, athletic, 250-pound people do backflips off the top rope and hit each other with steel chairs and all kinds of other madness, right? And um, I am going to, I'm going to let you guys in on a secret. Uh, cause like, as you grow up, you start to, you start to pay attention more to what they would call the biz. You start to pay attention to the things that, um, uh, that other people know. And this is this, there's this big reveal, uh, at the start of this episode and it's this, and it's hard for me to even say, but pro wrestling is actually fake. Um, I remember when I first found this out, it was really hard for me. It was really hard for me to, uh, to accept. You guys ever see the, there's this YouTube video and, um, <laughs> the guy is like, you guys put your bodies on the line every night. <laughs> it's real to me. <laughs> and he starts crying. Um, that, uh, yeah, I felt that when I was, you know, eight or nine years old and I re realized like, wait, this isn't real the undertaker didn't actually die last week and come back to life this is ridiculous um but uh, i i think that there are uh because of that because the art the in the ring art is choreographed for a lot of people it's this huge turnoff and i understand that uh, i'm not saying this isn't some episode where i'm saying you should be watching pro wrestling but 
this is an episode where I look at and I say, if you are somebody who owns a jujitsu brand, a school, if you want to be a, a person with a jujitsu brand one day, you should look at the people that brand better than anyone else. And it's not even close. And they've done it for years. Uh, I thought a good place to start this episode was the origin of both sports, uh, both arts, both whatever you want to call them, forms of entertainment, can being jujitsu and pro wrestling. Because now it's not just about in jujitsu, it's not just about this is the uh, you know this is the best form of martial arts. A lot of people just believe that now. It's just accepted, right? And it's no longer just about art. You hear people constantly talking about the entertainment factor in jujitsu. Why is that? It is because for anything to grow exponentially, like we're hoping jujitsu does, money kind of has to be involved. So many people's entire lives are motivated by money. And so, and really this episode is going to be motivated by money. I'm going to explain to you guys why the business is the way that it is and why jujitsu is doing a very, very, very bad job of cashing in. And uh, if there was somebody to send this episode to, it would be a fight promoter. Uh, and uh, you guys will will understand more of that. But like I said, I wanted to start this episode. Uh, it's funny, we talk about how jujitsu and entertainment is becoming a thing. That got brought up in my Robert Drysdale interview. If you guys have read Robert Drysdale's newest book, um, and it's just all about uh, kind of the history of jujitsu, and there's a lot of focus on Carlson Gracie in it. And uh, I highly recommend the book, but he had a very interesting origin of jujitsu. And it was, I think, I want to say it was in the 40s and uh, 50s when jujitsu was being, or what we, you know, the, the starting points of jujitsu, the precursors of jujitsu, it was being performed at carnivals. And a lot of times the performance was choreographed or it was planned who would win. And it wasn't every time. There were still people that were just grappling at these carnivals, but there's a lot of speculation that that is where both jiu-jitsu and where wrestling if you listen to the origin of pro wrestling that is where it came from it came from an entertainment perspective where we could choreograph what looked like a fight and make it enjoyable and entertaining for the viewer so let's move on and look at how pro wrestling built a brand and became this big source of entertainment and how now in 2023 that is that is what people are hoping to do in jiu-jitsu and so uh, a big thing that you have to understand and i've already used these terms already is storyline that is what pro wrestling did for honestly it did for all martial arts it did for all combat sports if you watched a, a fight in the 80s, uh, let's say a, a boxing match, because that would have been probably the most popular form of combat uh, to, to watch that wasn't pro wrestling in the 80s, what you would see is you would see two guys go out and box. And if you were interested 
in the storyline, if you're interested in the bad blood, maybe you would tune in, maybe you wouldn't. But then as things started to grow and, and promoters really started to learn how to promote, they started to do these bad blood things, right? This, this interesting form of pre-entertainment before the actual fight. Where do you guys think they got that from? When we watch, if you still to this day, if you order a pro wrestling pay-per-view, you will, I don't know if you still order pro wrestling. I'll be honest with you guys. I don't watch as much pro wrestling as I used to. Um, I met Roman Reigns one time though. One time I was training at Watson Martial Arts and it was back when he was in the upstairs of this building uh, uh, in downtown St. Louis and below was this gym called The Lab. One day I get done with open mat and I open the door um, for this group of guys walking out and WWE was in town and um, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, uh, and literally all the members of S.H.I.E.L.D. when they were S.H.I.E.L.D. at the time all walked out and they all said thank you when I held the door. So that was that was nice of them all. Um, and then they all got into a Dodge Caravan. <laughs> there were like six of them. And they all jumped into their Dodge Caravan and headed out. Uh, now I assume that Roman Reigns doesn't drive a Dodge Caravan. Um, but anyway, I don't watch it as much anymore. But still, I can guarantee you that this is what they do. What they like to do when it comes to when it comes to it, the entertainment aspect is even if you didn't watch any of the weeks leading up, they will give you a five minute little video of the storyline that you should have been following, right? What's the greatest storyline in, in pro wrestling? We're all aware of it. It's The Undertaker and Kane, right? Uh, it is it is how Kane murdered their parents and, you know, The Undertaker was super over and then all of a sudden his brother comes out and, uh, you know, there's just this whole, this whole crazy storyline. And you go, oh, yeah, that's so soap opera, that's so dramatic, that's so silly. But then you watch you watch pro wrestling, and they would have given you the whole storyline. This is the story. This is why these guys uh, have bad blood because, you know, Kane murdered their parents and then murdered The Undertaker, and he came back to life seven times. And then, you know, that is the storyline. When you watch a UFC event, they do the same thing. They will manufacture controversy, right? Okay, we're going to put these guys all in a room together. And they are going to just see who is the most larger, larger than life character, right? Who can steal the show? You look at the guys in MMA, maybe some that were great and some that were that maybe weren't as great. But the people that get remembered, the people that get the biggest fights, the people that make the most money are the larger-than-life characters, are the people who get this huge brand around them, and that is what sets them up for the future. I'm giving you guys like the professional jujitsu scene right now, the uh, – um, the competitive jujitsu scene. And that's what we're gonna talk about for a bit, but then we're gonna move this over into just branding in general and how to tell a story in general and what that means and how to be a character in general. And so when you when you kind of go through, I'm kind of re-looking at my notes because I got a little ranty. I get too excited when I'm talking pro wrestling. 
Um, so let's say, for instance, in a jujitsu match, let's say we do get like two or three of the top guys, uh, let's say two of the top guys, and they're going to compete each against each other. And they do their pre-match, all their pre-match stuff that Flow Grappling has them do or, or whatever. And they're just super respectful. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, my opponent is is so great and he's so respectful. No one really cares, even though it is the best jujitsu. Nobody cares. But then you take the two best guys and one of them is considered the GOAT, the greatest of all time. But the other one has two victories over the GOAT. You're tuning in to Gordon Ryan Felipe Pena. We all are. Why wouldn't we tune into that? The controversy is beautiful. They talk trash on Instagram all the time. I'm begging for this match or begging for Nicky Rod to compete against Gordon again or begging for this guy and that guy. But really, when we take a step back and we look at this and we all, because we do jujitsu, we're like, no, 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 this is serious. This is real. I mean, it's real to us. It's serious to us. It's important to us because we get invested in that storyline. And then we choose like, no, 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 I like Felipe. Oh, but this guy likes Gordon. I hate this guy now because he likes Gordon. And it is, it is great storytelling. And whether or not, I'm not saying that these guys are doing this on purpose or that it is an act. These guys could legitimately hate each other. But you have to understand that that is what sells tickets. That is what makes people want to watch. The truth is it's not the rule set that makes people want to watch. It is not how many submissions there are or, or anything like that. It has to do with there is a good guy and a bad guy. There is a loved and a hated, and we want to see them clash. There is controversy. And so when, you know, and this is kind of my thought on, on fight promoters, and I hear this stuff all the time is like, we should change the rule set so people will watch. And the truth is like, yeah, maybe that will get some people to watch. Maybe some people only like a, a specific rule set. But the truth is most of the time when I actually sit down to watch a live jujitsu event, I figure out the rule set after the first couple matches. I'm like, oh, this is different. You know, they're doing this instead. Okay, this is how this rule set works. And I don't really care. I care about the two people grappling. And it's this weird thing in jujitsu right now. And it's because people love to make this dumb post, oh, I didn't get the submission, but I still won the match. You know, I'm very disappointed in myself because I didn't get the submission. And to be honest, you're happy you won. Shut your mouth. Uh, but the truth is like, no one, no one really cares how many points is won by in football. We're going to be talking about football next week. No one really cares how much how, you know, how these fights take place. You know, uh, I remember one time my coach said he was in Brazil. He was talking to 
uh, it's a big group and they were talking to Hoyler Gracie and it was about this same topic of, oh, submission. Everything in jiu-jitsu is about submission. And then he, he said to somebody, hey, in the final of my second world championship, how did I win? And they didn't remember. They just remembered that he won. That's not to say submission's not important. It's not a beautiful part of jiu-jitsu. But when you start to get into these mindsets that like, oh, as long as, you know, submission is all that matters, it's not. If you are in bottom mount and you didn't get submitted, because that's more realistic, if you guys can't tell, I'm using air quotes uh, for those of you watching or not watching, um, who still probably think I have long hair, you know, uh, decided to cut the pro wrestling hair this year. But, uh, um, you know, that's what you're expecting. Like, oh, it's all about submission. That isn't true. If it was more realistic, being on bottom in mount would be a horrifically bad position. How often in MMA do we see people sit to their butt? Never. Therefore, it's not realistic for a real fight. On that same note, submission only is not submission only unless it is submission only only my opinion on submission only rule set is there should be no time limit or if there is a time limit there is no winner or if you want a decisive winner create a criteria of points so we know who is in the lead and it's not just randomness I see this in jujitsu so often I've competed on these rule sets so often and don't get me wrong now I play to what I assume the judges want, which is just throw up as many submission attempts, which makes no sense because if I'm missing submissions, is there any value in that? If I'm not submitting somebody, like, is there any value in that? This is why the rule set is not the answer, right? Because some people disagreed with me on, on that rant and probably have a good argument to disagree with me. This is why the rule set is not what we should be focused on. We should be focused on the characters that we are portraying in the public as jiu-jitsu athletes. And that is what promoters should be paying attention to. It's, it's look, your random show in freaking middle of nowhere, Illinois, which I live in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, so I can say that. It really isn't to find out who the best guy in the world is. It's to entertain people. It's to give fighters a chance to entertain and, and to be in front of people. And the best way to do that is to find the most entertaining people. It is not a rule set thing. It is you find, sometimes you find controversy and you share that. Sometimes you just find characters and you share that. We want to talk about, about characters. We, I don't think you can talk about characters in combat sports right now without talking about the Paul brothers. These guys were entertainers first. That is why they took over boxing. You can't tell me they didn't take over boxing. I have not paid attention to anything that wasn't a Tyson Fury fight. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> like since I was a kid, 
in boxing. I, I've paid attention to everyone. Even if I haven't watched them, I have paid attention to every single one of the Paul brothers fights. And partially it's because they know how to entertain, but partially it's also because they were willing to play the villain. So how many MMA people actually wanted to see Jake Paul beat Ben Askren? Not many. How many MMA people wanted to see Jake Paul beat Nate Diaz? Not many. What happens too, though, is you play the bad guy long enough and you actually create a fan base. You play the anti, the, what is it, the anti-villain? I think it's the anti-villain. I think that's right. You play him long enough and people, they start liking you, right? Because it's entertaining. That doesn't mean that they agree with everything that Jake Paul says, but he entertains them. He makes a Saturday night exciting. And that is, to me, I think the the biggest thing that people do not understand when it comes to promotion is we all want to be respectful. We all want to be the baby face, right? And for me, I've always been that, right? As a, as a jiu-jitsu personality, competitor-wise, I've always been the nice guy. I've always been the baby face. And this year, I decided... I mean, I'm not going to change who I am. I'm not going to try to be a jerk to be a jerk. Um, but I could only wear a black gi with no markings on it. And I could grow out my hair and let it cover my face so you don't really know who this guy is. And I could be a little more violent with my jiu-jitsu and maybe get in a fight or two on the podium. I can do those things. Right? Because the beauty about doing that is then you get your nice haircut again and oh, Josh is a nice guy again. He's a baby face again. But you can keep that same violent jiu-jitsu. You can keep that same, those same little, little things that make you go, "Uh, is he a good guy though? Right? Why? It creates controversy. It is interesting. And so I don't want to give you guys too deep of what I'm doing branding wise. You know, I don't want you to know too much about what I'm doing as a brand. Uh, But I really think that if people just understood that, they understood how to tell a story, they understood how to grow a brand, it would help them so much, right? And so now let's look at what is a brand in general anyway. And so uh, for me, when I look at, uh, when I look at the I Suck at Jiu Jitsu show, and I say, okay, well, I want to, I want to grow this show. I probably need to say things a little bit different. I probably need to explain things differently. I probably need to tell you how pro wrestling is real and jujitsu is fake, right? That little bit of controversy, it creates this little memory and you go, oh yeah, Josh, he's the guy that loves pro wrestling for some reason. You know, he's the guy that, He's the guy that does this or that. And so now let's look at the other side of this coin. And this is, it's not only that pro wrestling can tell a story. It is that they can brand better than anybody. And they can rebrand better than anybody. If you watch John Cena, probably one of the most famous wrestlers of my gener- my when I was younger, kind of growing up, he was the, the champion like, the whole time. Um, and he came in with a completely different gimmick for his first couple weeks. 
came in with this gimmick and you can look it up on YouTube. It's so silly. It's ruthless aggression. It's only two words he said. Um, and then besides being jacked, that was all he did. And as he kind of retells the story, he says, yeah, it looked like I was going to get, you know, kicked out of the show. I wasn't doing well. I was not, I wasn't branding properly. And he said, one day we were in the back of this bus and I was freestyle rapping and Stephanie McMahon came up and said, Hey, can you do that all the time? And he said, yeah. And then John Cena was born, right? So there is this level of kind of finding what you provide, you know, and returning us back to jujitsu, what you provide for the jujitsu world. For me, what are the two, at least when I try to push, what are the two big narratives that I constantly push about myself? Maybe you think of other things that come to mind, but for me, I say this on most podcasts. I say it on my show all the time, but it is this. I had two rules as I was coming up, two things that I said I would follow, that I wouldn't do steroids and that I wouldn't leave my team, my coach, Kyle Watson. And I haven't. I haven't done either of those things. And so... As I have, you know, kept whatever, I've changed my brand and changed, uh, oh, he doesn't talk about technique anymore. He talks more about concept. He doesn't, he talks more about training method now, or I really have talked about training method forever, right? And that was initially the brand was like being the training method guy. And then as Designated Winner started to grow and do its own thing, I stopped needing to be the training method guy anymore. I was able to just rebrand a little bit differently, right? Trying to be a little more conceptual, being on your YouTube feed more, right? Being on your Instagram feed more, teaching jujitsu concepts, not just teaching training method like I do on the show. And so these are all little things of rebranding, but you have to understand you don't want to just be random. At first you are just throwing things against the wall to see what sticks, but don't you expect that there are going to be some Josh McKinney conceptual instructionals coming out at some point or another? There are. But also, you know what else is going to be coming out at some point or another? October 9th through the 31st. I don't know. Oh, it'll be going on during this episode. I don't know when this episode comes out for sure, but I know that it'll be sometime in October 9th through the 31st. And uh, we are doing our I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show gear, uh, which is shorts, rash guards, and geese all through imposed will. And the thing is, like we just did uh, shorts and rash guards last time. I've gotten two messages over and over again. The first one was, when are you going to do these again? It's right now, October 9th through the 31st. Again, just like I told you guys a year ago when I did the last ones, I don't know when we'll do more. I don't. Um, it's just, it's not something, of course it helps branding, but it's not something that's always on the top of my mind, right? So if you want them, you should get them now. The other thing I always hear from people is how comfortable the shorts and the shirt is. I don't know if you guys can see if I stand up, but I'm wearing my eye suck at jujitsu show shorts right now. And that just, I'm not training. These are just my everyday shorts. They're so comfortable. And uh, yeah, and they're stylish because they got the, you know, the too sweet, as Adam Meredith calls it, and the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show all over them. 
if you want people to know that you suck at jujitsu as part of your brand, you should get a gi, you should get rash guards, you should get shorts, you should buy like 10 of them because who knows if I'll ever do them again. I'll ever sell anything ever again. I'm the worst. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, let's move on and let's talk about your brand. And we've talked about this before, but this is something, this is a point that I think we should reiterate. And it is this, that... So for those of you guys who don't know, my dad, Steve McKinney, is a pastor, right? And something that he loves to say, and I've always, I always think of this because um, I kind of live my life with a lot of this, or a lot of thought on this, and it is this, what breaks your heart is your job to fix. So for example, it, when people train and put in a lot of effort to jujitsu and then never are able to get good because they didn't have the right training method, because they were not born or, or didn't grow up in the right city that just didn't have the right coaches. That was something that broke my heart. Episode one of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show is the easiest way to progress at Jiu-Jitsu, the simplest way to progress at Jiu-Jitsu. It was a training method episode. It was how do you get better when you're already the best guy in your gym? when you're the only person who's really committed, when you're the only person who is really motivated. That was what broke my heart. And then I decided, because I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show was gonna be a YouTube channel. It was not going to be a, a podcast until it was. And then it was, like I said, sometimes you're just throwing things at the wall to see what sticks. But when it was, I was like, okay, this is, this is something I think I could do. This is this value that I think I could provide. And still, besides a few random instructionals and a few random uh, uh, shorts and, and rash guard sales, I don't advertise on the podcast. I have given away, this is what, episode 220-something. I've given away all this content for free. Why? To build my brand. Because one day it's going to matter to me more to do more seminars. And how do you set yourself up to do seminars? If you provide value to people for free online all the time and then you finally decide it's time to do seminars, don't you think people are going to be excited? Don't you think people are going to jump on that? I do. I Anytime I've asked to do seminars, they've been way bigger than I would ever expect and then people have been more excited about having me than I would ever expect. But it's just branding. It is simply just that when you hear I Suck a Jiu-Jitsu show, when you hear Josh McKinney, there are a few little thoughts that come to your mind that are interesting enough that you said, hey, I know that it's a learning Jiu-Jitsu technique, but really, it's Josh McKinney entertaining me for an hour at this seminar, two hours at this seminar, or an hour on a podcast, or a minute on a YouTube short. All of these things are simply entertainment. Yes, they're education. But if they weren't entertaining, you wouldn't care. If they weren't valuable, you wouldn't care. And so uh, the big thing that I'm trying to, the big point of this is understand that yes, we are trying to grow a martial art, but we are always in the entertainment industry. We are, they call it the information age. To me, it is the entertainment age because things are, it, as people, 
um, as workers were becoming less and less valuable, right? Things are, not to get crazy on you guys, but things are taking our jobs. Eventually, as, as the world trends that way, jobs there are going to be less jobs that exist, at least in the way that we think of them. And I always like to ask you guys this question because this question always rocks my friend's world when they're like, why do you put so much time into a podcast that makes zero dollars? And it is because I think that the industry that is going to explode because everything is really this is entertainment, right? When you were scrolling through TikTok or Instagram or whatever else you're scrolling through all day, you were bored. You are trying to be entertained. And so this is the question I always like to ask. And this is the question I will ask for you guys because I know when it comes to branding that everybody has this excuse of, well, I can't do it. I don't know what to do with it. You figure out something, you be consistent with it. You learn a little more each time. Those are the steps to building some type of brand. But here is the big thing that I always ask. Josh, why, why are you willing to do this? Why are you putting all your time and effort in this? I always ask, how many, give me a percentage, how many people do you know in your life, know personally, that create content? And most of the time their answer is they look at me and they go, well, just you. And I shake my head. And then I ask, how many people do you know that consume content? The answer is 100%. Everybody you know consumes content. Very few people you know create it. And so to think that the ship has sailed on podcasting or starting a YouTube channel or starting an Instagram, I don't think that that is true even slightly. Those things are going to change. You know, One day maybe YouTube won't be as relevant and it'll be more TikTok or the other way around. But regardless, look at the Paul brothers. They started their brand on an app that doesn't exist anymore. They started their brand on Vine. That's where they got famous. But then they had a brand and Vine went down and it was time to move to YouTube. And then as they did that and, you know, they had some controversy there, it's time to start punching people in the face. But they are entertainers. And that is why they do so well. And they understand that they are entertainers. So that is what I want to leave you guys with. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Like I said, we're not doing an outro on it. Um, hopefully you guys are checking out the new I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show gear. Don't forget our chest over chest instructional is still available at simplifyingjujitsu.com. Not instructional, seminar is still available at simplifyingjujitsu.com. Uh, and that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and I hope that it helps you guys suck just a little bit less at jujitsu. Have a great day, guys.